Looks pretty wobbly to me. Yep. It's a hundred percent good, adequate wobbly bar. Good wobbles on that bar. <laughs> good wobbles on that bar. Yeah, man. <laughs> hmm. Well. What was the song? Everybody do it now. Do, 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 do. Okay. <laughs> you were gonna. Okay. No, I was not going to pick it up and run with it because I don't do that. Oh no, you really. don't. You don't do jokes. I'm not a, all fun. Not a team player. No. In that way. No. You're not someone who enjoys jokes. No. The art of jokes. I don't enjoy the art of jokes. <laughs> and I've never made a joke in my life. No, never ever. Especially not on this podcast. I'm not a funny person. This serious podcast for serious geniuses. Serious podcast. Ah, I guess serious, serious podcast. Serious exegesis only. <laughs> serious analysis of the text only. Mm-hmm. Very cerebral and smart. Mm. I'm James Horcast and this podcast is 100% serious, Dune. <laughs> I'm James Podcast. I'm James Podcast. It's a callback to a joke that we made five minutes ago, which has absolutely mic. no context. I think it's quite funny Whatsoever. to call yourself something podcast. Yes. Um. Joke, you haven't this time. No, I haven't. Um, but I hear it's wonderful. It is very good. Um, where uh, they they speak about uh, a character who's a count- cartoon mouse whose name is Gadget, and it's their job to make gadgets. Uh-huh. And they joke that it's as if all of their collective names were podcasts. <laughs> Great. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> funny joke. Funny joke. <laughs> yes, funny joke. Funny joke, everybody. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're in the same room again. Yes, yes, y'all. We are. And you don't stop. And you don't stop. Like Mustaf. Yeah, I I just was trying to think of the next line, but I didn't know. It's fine. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, No problem. Yes. And the chapters this week are, well, one of them is a heckin' chonker. (laughs) A heckin' chonky popper. I I hear that is something... A little dogger. I think that's something they say on the internet. I believe so. I do hate it, though. Uh Uh-huh, me too. (laughs) Felt very bad coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Do you you repent? Do you regret it? I I have to, to seek... Wisdom and guidance from the Reverend Mother. Yes. Uh, upon how to proceed. Mm-hmm. I bet the Reverend Mother hates memes. Uh, I bet the Reverend Mother has no opinion on memes. I bet she hates memes. I invited a speaker, a very cool person called Rob Noon, to um, the college that I work at. Mm. And, like, um, we didn't get super much of a turnout, but it was a really good talk about, like, pride and protests and stuff. Oh, awesome. Um, I said, like, well, all the, well, not all of the kids that I bring are going to be on the same page. And one of them turned up and he was like, yeah, just, you know, I never know what to say or what to think or what I agree with. And, like, I find it really difficult to express opinions. And I was like, you're 17, aren't you? <laughs> and Rob was like, you don't need to have opinions. You're 17. It's too, it's too early for That's you. That's amazing. <laughs> I wish someone had told me that. I know. I wish someone had told me that too. Okay. If you're 17, you don't have to have opinions yet. But now we need to have opinions. <laughs> and it's this bad. This is the prime opinion having time in people's lives. I know. What age do you think you can stop having opinions? Um, I want to say now. I, was... I want to say oh, as as soon as you feel the need to no longer have opinions, that's when you can stop. I would like that, but I feel like it's not true. 
I think you stop having opinions at like age sort of you stop having different opinions at the age of oh those are two different questions yeah that's really. not the same as not having opinions I think you get to about 80 yeah I feel like you can get 80 and you can just not have opinions anymore yeah and it's fine yeah you're free it's, this, it's your second childhood and then you die oh gosh I'm sorry <laughs> Obviously, some people uh, don't have opinions for their entire lives. They they sure do. And that's amazing. Seems liberating, doesn't it? It does. Just sort of drift through life. Unless it is our duty to have opinions. Utterly vacant. Yeah. Blank. I would like that. Blank piece of paper. The idyllic life of a dumbass. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, wouldn't you like it? It would be so good. I'm betraying my brand as someone who is an idiot, so I can't say any more. Ah. Yes. All right. Um... Hi, I'm Ray. Oh God, yes. This Hello. is the podcast. This is the podcast. University. University. Um, Imagine it to the tune of High Fidelity. <laughs> if you're an Elvis Costello fan, yeah. if you're not, don't worry. I'm, about I worry it. that nobody knows who Morrissey is. Oh god, really? Yeah. I thought Morrissey was like a cultural touchstone. Well, Nora didn't know who Morrissey everyone, was. We made so many jokes. Everyone about it. go and watch the History Boys right now and then come back and listen to the podcast, please. That was two episodes ago in Just the... Just But they need to do it. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm Ray. <laughs> this is me. I'm the vice chapter of the university. My pronouns are they them. <laughs> Give us one second. Twitter? Yeah. I was going to introduce myself. You but, did. But it's weed day, so we have to stop the entire podcast to talk about how it's weed Just day. Just to make some, you know, token effort at making weed jokes, despite being the least, two least <laughs> With qualified the least people. weed people in the in, world. On earth. What's, what's a weed? What is a weed? You mean like dandelions? Oh, there's dandelions. 420 blazes them. <laughs> 420 blazes <laughs> Because they're like the sun. <laughs> Which blazes. Yes. I think that's exactly what today means. Yes. Because it's the day of weeds. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Apparently there is, um, um, my mum told me. Our, our shared mother. Our shared mother that we share. Told me that, um, next door house is, um, uh, a place where weeds are being grown. Mum told me. <laughs> okay. The next door is just a, a weed growing house. Oh yeah, there is weed growing in the next house. Yes. And I, I said, I think she told me that as well. And then she was like, deny all knowledge. I mean, I think we should get a little bit of a skim off the top of that. 
like hush money, you know, a little hush, a hush, little hush, hush money. doja. I feel like hush weed. It, <laughs> this is Cut really embarrassing. Me saying doja because I hate okay. it. I think if you want, if you want hush money, you have to like go and ask for it. Hey, and heaven forbid that we talk. Hush money. Heaven forbid that we talk to people. Well, I mean, you know, just denial. I know. Denial knowledge. I was thinking a while ago that like. I know there's weed around, like, locally. I just don't know where to get it. But the answer is next door. <laughs> Not that I want mm, to. Just knock on their door. Hello. Hello. May I, Can I, have, some may I have a weed? <laughs> I don't want to do that. Can I have some weed, please? Look at Oscar Isaac's beard. Oh, man. He does look quite Leto-ish. He does. Yeah. I can see it. Because I just sort of imagine him as, like, just, like, this baby, round-faced babe. Yeah. But with the beard, with he actually the beard. looks, like, quite... He looks a bit haggard and sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking because we have two fairly later heavy chapters mm. this this um this this week on yeah, we university. Yeah, we Yeah. And I was just thinking, can Oscar Isaac be sufficiently mean and tricksy? I feel like he might be able to. I mean, he is an actor. Yeah. He does pretend he to sure be different is. personalities. He can do more than one thing. So. As an actor. Yeah. yeah. I just trust his nice face. I do like his and face. And strong nose. Look at him here. He's so beautiful. So beautiful. He's got like a sort of notch in his hairline. Mm. you ever noticed that? I have. It's very nice. It's um, Look at his beautiful hair swirl. Isn't it lovely? Great hair swirly. <laughs> great hair. Um, good eyebrows. Good eyebrows. Wonderful nose. He's going to work our way down. <laughs> Love that man. Love that man. <laughs> Look at the other one. He's fine. Who? It's Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Yes, Jason Momoa. <laughs> Okay, maybe it's not good to make fun of someone who has a name who is just like non Anglo yeah. pronunciation. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. With the, I don't find him particularly anything. No, I really don't have an opinion. No, I don't have any opinion. I did watch the first season of Game of Thrones and he is in that. Oh, what is he? Who's he's he in that? He's a Dothraki uh, person. The, ra- the racist race. The racist race. Yeah. The rapist race. Ah. Um, and I didn't enjoy it, and it's all very bad. Game of Thrones is bad. Game of Thrones is a piece of shit. Yeah. Don't enjoy that. I know him because he was Aquaman, but I haven't seen him in anything. Aquaman. 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 Yes. Um, I, I don't know what Aquaman is. It's the man who lives in the sea. Great. I don't know anything about him. Okay. Great. Wonderful. I mean, I don't feel anything about Je- Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. <laughs> Has Jason Momoa been cast in June? Yes, he is Duncan Idaho. No, he is not. Yes, he's Duncan Fuck. Idaho. Shit. Why are you so Why? angry? No, because I wanted Duncan Idaho to be someone I love. Okay, who did you want Duncan Idaho to be? I don't know. I was thinking. Okay. Let me Google actors quickly. Let me Google actors quickly. No, it types just, into Google I mean, actors. J- Duncan Idaho just has like this unshakable. Um, sort of groundedness and centeredness, measuredness. Yeah. Um, he might be alright with it. I don't know. He is I an actor. He can do things. Really, shut up. What is okay. someone who's really special for Duncan Idaho? I know what you mean. Duncan Idaho is special to my heart. He is special. Um, he's in this chapter. He one is. of these chapters. He's great. He's he wonderful. is good. And sexy Fremen Man is in this chapter. Oh god, I, I love Fremen Man. Him. I wonder how ethnic they're going to go with they the casting need, for the Fremen. Well, I think they need someone gorgeous and black with a beautiful beard. Yes, they do. They do. Yes. Yes. But they're not going to. Oh, that would make me upset. But they should. They should do it. I mean, because everyone, I mean, sort of like, it's sort of insinuated that 
all of the, the desert people are like earth desert people, i.e. that they're North Africans or that they're like Mongolian stepsmen. Mm-hmm. So they should at least be brown. They should be brown. They should be brown. Cast some black people in your fucking film. Just do it. Do it. I mean, coward. at, you cowards. At the moment, they have just, um, you know, they've cast sort of brown, ethnically ambiguous people. And yeah. that's great. Which is like, okay. I mean, it's nice like, that like, brown people are around. Yes, it is good. But maybe some more? Question mark? And of darker skin tone, please. Yes. Please. 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 Just please. Yes. I do like this um, Oscar Isaac bit. Me too. Yeah. I am. Somebody I am on Twitter was talking pro. about. Um, I should actually probably say who it is. Maybe just to shout out. Shout out. Um, shout out to Mips. <laughs> um, I think if we do ever have a, a a like a shout outs or a tweets or a mailbox, yeah, mailbag um well, se- segment, no, fucking knows. but it it should be called shout shout out to Mapes. Yes, it should. So somebody called Eric the Beric, okay, on Twitter, nice was to, uh was sort of saying to me that he was thinking about how um I think this person is white by the way, but he was thinking about how like. Uh, Just going to assume your race there, Eric. No, like, I looked. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, the... Um, Is it too personal to mention people by name? It's fine. Uh, he was thinking... I mean, that's his fucking name on Twitter. Okay. So, all right. All right. Um, yeah, but he was thinking about the Atreides as black, and I was like, well, firstly, what... How does that impact how we receive the narrative culturally mm. because i think that's an interesting question i mean answer. but there is there is the whole point of the atreides is that they're white right. i'm sorry I know. <laughs> that's the function they have in the narrative yeah. i mean that's that, that's why i was so curious about it i was like that changes so much of the story in yes. the narrative but like what does it mean are you what just does saying mean, that to then? be woke eric <laughs> he listens to this podcast oh, okay <laughs> eric thank you for listening are you doing it to be woke? <laughs> um, yeah. But then um, uh, he was making comparisons to some, like, um, West African oral traditions and stuff. Um, what sort of oral tradition is, like, the, the tradition that is in June? Forgive the me. The tradition. A um, tradition? Yeah. Well, uh, he was talking about Sindhita, uh, um, which is a West African story that has been, like, formalized sort of semi-recently by some people. Um, and was talking about the parallels, and I was like, yeah, they're kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Um, but some parts of this are just like, every story about great men yeah. has these elements. I mean, I think, I think June wears its, um, uh, influences pretty on its sleeve. Yeah, it really does. Uh, it really does. It super does. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's, I mean, I want to know what's, what is it, Sindhiata? Mm. How do you spell it? S-U-N-D-I-A-T-A. I have Googled U-N-D. it here. Malenki people mm-hmm. in the Mali Empire. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I I found it pretty interesting because it does follow the thread of like, you know, this guy was very close to his mother and the, the love that he had for his mother was sort of what made him like successful or that mm-hmm. was his sort of good quality. Um, his father died when he was, like, coming of age, which is very, like, typical of all of these sort mm. of stories. Um, and then he sort of, he, he overcomes a bad ruler and 
brings up a, a governmental structure that's like fairer to the people who are under it which again is like very consistent with all of these types of stories but i was like okay i can see where you where you found the narrative because in this you know in this tradition he like he like um agrees to protect the trade and the peace of this particular area which i imagine is how paul is being positioned although i haven't read the whole book so mm-hmm. i don't know i mean it says it says it here um some scholars, such as Ellen Snodgrass, cool name, and others have observed similarities with the 13th century epic of Sundiata to Walt Disney's 1994 animated film, The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> no! Disney has maintained the film was inspired by William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Oh. But they lie in. Okay. Yeah. Great. Good funny joke. <laughs> Thank you! Well, it's going to suck, though. Well, whatever. I mean, that's true. I mean, not, 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 uh, as a blanket statement, yes, individual white scholars are okay, but the the academy is just something that is, you know, built to to enshrine and and perpetuate racism. That's cool. I mean, it's interesting that this, um, uh, this tale kind of comes down through, um, a a man, an oral, oral history, Mm. um, but it was, um, standardized by yeah. the Moroccan traveler Muhammad um so it comes from the Mandi oral history um and sort of standardized by the the Moroccan traveler Muhammad ibn Battuta uh and the Tunisian historian Abu Zaid Abd al-Rahman ibn Muhammad ibn Khaldun al-Hadrami and they both lived in the early 14th century and that's fucking awesome and they traveled to Mali after Sindiata's death hmm. That's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, I want to know, kind of. I feel like it's a shame that we we are sort of like, please, please, send us things, please interact with us on the internet, and then the moment somebody does, we just immediately dunk on him like, so hard. No, I'm so sorry, Eric no, the Beric. No, Eric the Beric, thank you, thank Eric you. the Beric. That's thank really you wonderful. Thank you for having conversations with us. Yes, we love it. We love. We like it. We like it's it. It's good to us. It's good to us. <laughs> Um, also, I mean, shall we just do the, do the email address? Yeah. So if you want to send us an email, and I like emails, so. I love emails. Me too. Emails to me. Actually, I'm I I'm very good. I fucking hate emails. I don't like, I like, I like personal emails. I like emails about my podcast. Yeah. Tell me it's good in my emails. Please. Please. Thank you. Also, thank you to all the people on Twitter who have said that it's nice. Yes. We like, we like to be called. We nice. like it. But no, the email address is duniversity at gmail.com. Duniversity spelled the way that it is in your podcatcher of choice. Podcatcher? That's what people call it, I think. Okay. It sounds like a cool Star Wars thing. So, yeah. It's what the this podcast people call it. This is podcatching. Duniversity. So that's E, like the end of Dune, and then university with an I. So it looks like it's Duna University, but it's not. Lift up your phone to your face and read it <laughs> off the Read screen. it with your eyes. <laughs> the same, the, the, the pun, university pun, not really a pun, sort of, um, uh, what is it when you smush two words together? Portmanteau. There we go, thank you. A portmanteau, university. Well, I helped. <laughs> it works really well, um, as a said, as a verbal thing, yeah. doesn't work so well when you write it down. Yeah, when I was writing it down, I was not really sure whether to put the e there, but with the e, it doesn't super work. doesn't work. Looks like it looks very bad.
I'm Ray, your boss chancellor, and my brother's the them. You've tried to introduce yourself like three times. You do it now. Your turn. I, I hate introducing myself. Say it. Ugh, it means I have to acknowledge the audience. Everyone, hey, audience. Hey, audience. hey, listeners. Listeners. What's up, gamers? It's university. Students. <laughs> Students. Students and faculty. What do lecturers say when they begin a lecture? <laughs> I forgot. Students. I used, to, I used to have lectures once. I forgot what they say. I've never had lectures. I am... Introduce yourself to me. Uh, Ray. I am Josie. That's you. I am your twin. Oh, no. I am your chancellor. Of? University. Yep, correct. What are your pronouns? She, her. Great. Yes. Um, We read some chapters. We did read some chapters. We bought a zoo. Uh, bad podcast. We read a Dune. It's a good fucking podcast. First year is First very year good. Is good. I mean, also if we're shouting out podcasts, can I shout out the podcast Bones of the Heart? Yeah, it's a good podcast. An amazing podcast. Yeah. I feel like they have an energy that I both desperately want to avoid and also aspire to, where they have a vicious fight every episode. <laughs> I think we're getting there. We are. You really just see their, um, you know, they're like... They're friends. They're, uh, well, I mean, when you do air quotations, it doesn't actually work. Well, that, it's fine, though, because you said I did it. They just have this wonderful rapport, mm. which we will never have a which rapport as wonderful as. occasionally is very painful to listen to because they're mean to each other and it makes because me sad. Because they're close. They're so close. They are so close. Yes. Okay, so... Do I don't want to talk about these chapters. They were sort of... I love... kind of the more, the more kind of like a inside baseball-y mm. type. I love the sexy friendly man. I could talk some stuff about that. Talk some stuff about but him. But mostly they talk about like tactics and like... Well resources and like it's interesting but I really don't care to talk about it I really am not interested in saying any words about it oh god really well why are we why are we why are we doing this do podcast this? no I wrote I wrote a list of things that were like to say okay well do we want to start off with the um the the quotation that is how we do it and then the the um the chapter summary you are correct I am correct aren't I yes Yes. Um, can I read out my summary notes? If you want to. Yes, it's very short. So right. the notes that I have for these chapters is Paul is a bitch, the habit of evasion in the old ways, mm-hmm. deity liet, which I was trying to work out what that means, but it means that there is a deity among the Fremen called liet. Do you say deity? Deity? There I always go. say deity, it is, but it I don't is know. deity. I just don't know how to say words. You can say, you can say that word just that way. I don't know how to say words. Um, I said dumb sci-fi words because Frank does some of those. Um, sexy from a man, white people suck. The description of Duncan is cool. Frank works with atmosphere quite well here. Um, and then one note of a line that I liked. But okay. literally that's it. I also liked a line mm-hmm. in this. Tell me, should we read the chant a bit or should we say the lines we liked? Oh no, it's in the next, it's in the next one. Okay. It's the line that I liked. We'll say our lines that we liked when they come, when we come to it. Yeah, absolutely. Who wants to read the thing? Do you want to read the thing? I'll read the thing and you can summarize the chapter. Oh god. Haha. <laughs> Oh god, this is the longest chapter in the world. On well. that day, when the Wadiv rode through the streets of Arakeen with his family. The right one. No, it's a different one. Sorry. That's the second one. Yeah. So you have more, more time, more to say. <laughs> Ray has like little, those little tiny thin post-it notes for the different chapters. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. They have numbers on them because Frank didn't fucking number his chapters. Frank didn't know that you could. Fuck you, Frank. Presumably. He didn't know what chapters were, but also I'm still mad at I it. I feel like, I feel like that this should have, um, like, line numberings. Like, oh. when you have, 
ancient I would text. really like that. Like, I would appreciate it. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, yeah. 20 like down the side. I remember those. I liked them. I think that's. I think that is what you need. Yeah, especially for someone like this. Without them. Yeah. Everything should be more numbered, if you ask more me. More numbers, please. More numbers. Over the exit of the Arakeen landing fields, crudely carved as though with a poor instrument, there was an inscription that Muad'Dib was to repeat many times. He first saw it that night on Arrakis, having been brought to the ducal command post to participate in his father's first full-staff conference. The words of the inscription were a plea to those leaving Arrakis, but they fell with dark import. On the eyes of a boy who had just escaped a close brush with death, they said, O oh, you who know what we suffer here, do not forget us in your prayers. From the Manual of Madib by the Princess Irulan. Now, I mean, there's a... In the history... I'm going to have to, like, try and find it. Do a Google. I'm going to have to do a Google. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the histories uh, of Herodotus... Herodotus... There is Herodotus. 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 Hey, Rodotus. Hey, it's Rodotus. The Oracle of Delphi. Seeing and seeing often, like a an inscription, is a very like ancient ancient history type, epic history type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like, you know, it's like making history into a a grand story. Mm. So like these narrative beats. As supposed to have happened in real life. Mm. And it's like, it's very, I don't know, it gives me like a, you know, sort of echoing kind of feeling. I do like, I do like this quotation. I have to say, I think the quotations at the beginning of the chapters, my favourite bit, every time I look forward to them. Yeah. Because it does have this kind of... I do like it. Your book is so much more readable than my book. I know. Mine actually, you know... My book sucks. Each separate chapter begins on its own page. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Mine just run on to each other. But yes, no. Oh, that. Oh, you who know what we suffer here, do not forget us in your prayers. I don't know. There is just something very. It's very sad. Sad and yeah. wonderful. It about sucks it. to live on. Sucks Arrakis. to live on Arrakis. Oh, actually, he does say something great about how much it sucks to live on Arrakis uh, at the end of the next chapter. I think, you know, the next chapter is is sort of short but great. It is good. And this chapter is long and sort of difficult. Yeah. Do you want to summarise this long oh, and difficult God, chapter? Do I have to? Yes. And then we can just read the interesting bits of this chapter. Okay. Alright then. Let's go. Let's go for it. Let's fucking go. We do get a lot of good character stuff. Yes. So, um, Duke, Leto and Paul mm-hmm. um, kind of are talking about stuff in a big room together. Yeah. Um, and they're mostly talking about the sort of brush with death that uh, everyone kind of had um, in the last chapter, whether Hawat's a traitor or not, um, and whether or whether he's any good because he is old now, everyone's like, "Oh, Paul, you've matured so much. It's great." Then you know, Thufir comes in. Yeah. Actually, Paul's pretty. I like Paul. Paul at the is pretty good. It's like, this. yeah. Um, I like that he's not being a little dick. He's quite acute. Yeah. Um, he's quite, you know. I do. Uh, I do feel affection for Paul. Me too. Yeah. So okay. So um, Thufir and um, Leto kind of have. They're sort of. They have like this almost combative like interaction, but they're both being like, "I'm terrible. No, I'm terrible. No, I'm terrible. I should have trusted you. No." I should have trusted you, and no, I'm so sorry. I no. should feel bad. You, <laughs> I feel so. I feel bad. I feel worse. No, I should be sorry. 
Um, <laughs> and it's actually rather sweet because they can't show their emotions because they're men. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Then, um, like, uh, some, uh, people come in. Uh, and it's the, uh, like, specialists and young officers of the, uh, um, Atreides army, um, uh, led by Gurney Halek. Gurney Halek, who is my favourite mm. boy ever. Mm-hmm. Thank, you, Gurney, like Thank you, Gurney, for existing. Thank you, Gurney. Duke is, like, quite nice and sort of human to them. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I don't know, he manages to do the right thing in terms of getting them on side. Um, and they kind of talk a little bit about uh, local arrangements on Arrakis. So, you know, what the Fremen are like, generally speaking, as a, as a like, ethnographically what they're like, which is a little bit like... Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Um, but, yes, what they are culturally like, mm-hmm. whether they can trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave them presents. They gave them presents. They talk about the the way that the Arakeen society is sort of set up a little bit. They have mm-hmm. seaches, whatever that is. Uh, we can look it up in the back. That's fine. Um, and uh, a, a leader slash maybe deity called Liet, uh, still unknown really, which is fine because mm. um, it's giving us a juicy little nugget to think a about a lovely juicy little nugget yum, yum, um, yum. For, <laughs> for the foreseeable you know, future gross don't ever do that please um, they talk about the profits from the mining um, and how that's going uh, not well <laughs> no really. bad um, and that's the, fine the duke sort of like wants to pull some nasty tricks on people he does and you know everyone's like oh you're so nasty we love you we, we love it we love it uh, which is great um, except Paul he's like but it's not right but it's not right father father it's they'll be right. angry with us we're moral we're moral um, Gurney does a lot of quotations he because does. he does he does very do annoying <laughs> <laughs> but we love him. And they do sort of like a little report on the equipment that mm-hmm. is in place with the mining um, project mm-hmm. and the sand crawlers and harvesters and spice factories. We get like like a nice little breakdown of each one, which is good. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's We're not going to explain it though. No. Uh, well, we might we might have to go back and explain it when we um, so. when we uh, you know we talk about the detail. chapter. Don't want to I'm do doing, it in well, detail. Uh, your try. summary is really good we don't have to try no, we just no, no. think it's what we're like I want to try okay. I want to try sure this is a bloody long chapter though yeah so whatever there's like a little discussion about what justice is mm-hmm. um, and they talk about the uh, uh, other houses being lazy and bitches <laughs> yeah everyone else <laughs> is a bitch <laughs> uh, then they talk about those are talking. Mm-hmm. They, we do get our, so uh, much we get a, a mention of the worms. We have our first ever worm time. Hooray! Thank God. We don't meet one yet, though. We don't meet one, mm. but we do get to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're talking about shields, and that's another juicy sort of niblet. Mm-hmm. Desert power. Mm-hmm. Good to talk about desert power. It is. Then worm power. Worm power. Have you seen that image? And everyone's like, Sufi, you look tired and old. Still more. Yeah, everyone's they really mean to them about being extremely old. Extremely thick. Yeah. Um, Duncan Idaho arrives and he is like a cat, a sexy cat. Sexy, sexy cat. Um, he brings in the best, most amazing dude ever. Uh, yes, we love him. Stilgar, chief of a particular siege, uh, who uh, Duncan Idaho has made friends with, and they have sort of like a squabble about the Chris knife and whether um, the uh, 
uh, Atreides people are going to respect the Arakeen, you know, traditions around the Chris knife. And that's all fun and great and wonderful and good. And then um, one of the soldiers kind of has an outburst, just generally, about how things aren't fair. Yeah. And uh, Leto's like, nothing's fair. Gotta fight with your knife. And then he's like, well, yes, we should... We should not expect things to be fair, but we can think that everybody else is a bitch. I mean, everyone, just everyone, there's a real sense of consternation in this chapter. Everyone is, like, confused and troubled, desperate and sad. Yeah. And this is old, a really difficult chapter. tired. Yeah. Um, Which, I guess, is like politics and war make you tired. Duke, the Duke tells Flipping Paul to, like, have a little nap on some chairs he's pushed together. It's so it's, sweet. It's really cute. I like that bit. It's the end of the chapter. It's really nice. This chapter is the best at the end of it. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, that's it, pretty much. Everyone mm-hmm. just leaves the room dramatically. Yeah. So what are the points <laughs> in this chapter that you wanted to speak about? Um. Well, I mean, I've made, I've made some, some little notes, but they're not very good. I would like to hear your little notes um, and hear about the stuff in your little notes. Well, I mean, Paul... And Dad have some good uh, yeah. good interactions. The bit where he says, where the Duke is like, I should be the one defending him, not you. And Paul just smiles. I'm like, Paul, you little bitch. You <laughs> little bitch. Paul is a little bitch. I do like it. He's wise and perfect yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was angry too at first, and I blamed Hawat. But the threat came from outside the house. It was simple, clever, and direct, and it would have succeeded were it not for the training given me by you and many others, including Hawat. Yes. How about that, father? How about that, father? Um, that is why you should not be angry, father. Uh, exactly. I'm going to logic you into not feeling angry, father. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Leto uh, sort of, Leto does this wonderful paternal thing mm. where he, you know, he, he puts a hand over his son's yeah. and he says, you've matured lately, son. It gladdens me. It's really, I don't know, it's, it's really sweet. It's kind of sweet, but also weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, but he's trying to feel something, and I respect that. Yeah, I do I do appreciate that he's trying to feel an emotion. Um, but I really I really like that at the end, there are like these wonderful little observ- observations that mm. uh, Paul makes of Leto throughout. It's just the end of the chapter. Um, I'm just skipping back to the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. he says the space uh, he Paul yes. stared at the place where his that. father had stood the space had been empty even before the Duke left the room and it's like what a what an evolution of understanding before Paul in the the, the first chapter where we met later when Paul was like he's so he was so present exactly and he has like over yeah. over overweening over overwhelming presence yeah he's got capital P presence yeah. but actually he's so I think Paul understands at this point that he's like really absent and that he's not there as himself. He's there, you know, in a functional way, but not in a <laughs> an actual way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think going back briefly to Oscar Isaac again, mm-hmm. um, he was in this movie with Jessica Chastain where he's like this red sauce Italian gangster. And I know that Oscar Isaac is not a red sauce Italian, <laughs> but <laughs> he just, and it's the 80s, so he wears like these massive suits and these extremely wide ties and has like graying temples. And he's fabulous, obviously, because of course he is. Of course he um, is. But he does do that sort of wonderful, beaten down by responsibility mm. type of... Which will be really good, I think. Yeah. I think he'll be great. I think he'll he do will a good be job. Great. He's always, he always he's a good always job in everything. Good. I really like Leto as a character. I think, 
I'm going to be sad when he is murdered. Yeah. Um, It'll be sad. It'll be fun, though. It might be fun. Yes, I think I think we do get a lot of heavy is the head that wears the etc. Yeah. Like, oh, things must be so hard for the ruling classes. Yes. So difficult. Because they have to be all yes. um, responsible yeah, for all their underlings. Yeah, it must be so hard. Um, I mean, I think the class thing is probably quite interesting, but I'm not, I'm not prepared whatsoever to, to delve into yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like I don't really have enough. I'm not really informed enough. No, I mean. Place that I can speak from with authority. No. The, the little soldier that has the outburst is, um, I don't know, there is a kind of, um, expectation that Leto is the, as the Duke, he's also like a sort of paterfamilias. Um, when he has He's to everybody's kind of, daddy. Everybody's daddy. He's he everybody's has to kind daddy. of calm him down and make him feel safe yeah. and also ignite him with a kind of... I know. And he does that for everybody, which must be exhausting. No, poor... All the emotional labour. I know. So he much emotional labour. Things are so hard for the ruling classes. Things are so hard. But anyway, I mean, mm. it was an interesting chapter. It's just like so much. Yeah, there's just so much. And like, a lot of the stuff is like, you read it and you're like, okay, this is interesting, but there's not things that I have to say to add to it. Hmm. Um, I, I was interested in um, uh, one of Halleck's aides down the table, swiveled in his chair, snapped, there's no justice in this. Yeah. Justice? The Duke looked at the man. Who asks for justice? We make our own justice. We make it here on Arrakis. Win or die. And I like we make our own justice, I guess. Hmm. Did George R. R. Martin lift some of that directly into... Thrones game? Did he? Dunno. Oh. You know, in the Game of Thrones, I mean, all you die. I fucking read it. And neither have I. Yeah. I've seen bits of the, I was actually thinking that probably the, the most, the, the heir to the Dune, uh, saga probably is they're very, the Thrones game. Yeah, they're very similar because they have that kind of like uptight medieval politics shit. They do have that uptight medieval politics shit. Yeah. Um, They're doing the same thing. It's just in Dune they have chairs that hover. In Dune it is uh, the, the quote-unquote future. Space. The final frontier. <laughs> These are... No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and, um, then, and then he says, uh, most of the houses have grown fat by taking few risks. One cannot truly blame them for this. One can only despise them. And call them a little bitch. I mean, another thing that's in Game of Thrones. I love houses. it. Really? Houses. Yeah, that's true. House Tyrell. House... Yeah. House... Whatever. Why, house, I feel like house, we should house. stop talking about this thing that we don't know anything about. Oh, I Because uh, people love it and I don't think it's very I good. I mean, it's not worth loving, but... But, yeah. but it's good for our SEO. Is it? Yeah, because yeah. everyone's talking so about I it. So I name this chapter Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> Dune of Thrones. Dune of Thrones. Throne of Dune. Okay. Game of Dune. Yeah, the Game of Thrones podcast. Please listen. Please do it. Um, I did underline some some terms of phrase that I thought were were good. Yes. There's worms in the deep desert that could take this entire factory in one gulp. I did underline one gulp. (laughs) Very good. Gulp. Gulp goes the worm. Gulp goes the worm. And worm goes the gulp. If you ask me. Gulp goes the worm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were a worm, I would simply gulp. <laughs> Gurney, I want you to head a delegation, an embassy, if you will, to contact these romantic businessmen. Romantic businessmen is like a euphemism for smugglers, right? I thought that was what it meant. Yes. I think it, he's referring to smugglers when he says romantic businessmen. Yes. But I just like, I just like the idea of romantic businessmen. Yeah. Their business is romance. Okay. I mean, let's talk about... Okay. Um, Sex, maybe. Of course, let's not. Okay. They talk about having to um, 
five battalions of Fre- Fremen troops for the first Chome audit, whatever mm. that means. When does, when's that going to happen? A, when is that? And B, how are they going to get Fremen troops to... Mm. Um, uh... The word audit makes me, like, upset because it makes <laughs> me think about work. Yeah, it makes me think about I work. I hate it. Don't like it. Um, but it, it is all very... It's, 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 it's capitalist sounding for a reason. Yeah. How are they going to get Fremen troops? I have no idea. There's lots of mentions um, in this cha- these two chapters about... Sophia's cute lipstick. Uh, yeah. He also has cute, cute teeth stick as cute well. Cute teeth stick, yeah. <laughs> He's been eating some beetroots for his mind. Mm-hmm. Yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yes, for his mental powers, he's been just munching on some beets. Yes, the um, the the juice of. Well, I I always pronounce it Safo. In the movie, it's Safu. Oh, I said I the called it. Safu, Safu. I called it Safo. The lips acquire stains. The lips they acquire some. I'm going to acquire some stains for my lips. It's Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> Sapphora. 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 That's a joke, right? That's a joke. That sounds like a joke. It's probably a joke. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, Sapho, Sapho, Sapho. High energy liquid extracted from barrier roots of Akaz, wherever that is. Commonly used by Mentats who claim it amplifies mental power. I actually, but I bet they just like other taste. I actually looked up Akaz and it's really interesting. Because it's like, um, it's a planet that's known as like the, the sculptor's paradise or something like that. And they have it's wood there that you can shape with your mind. Living in the sculptor's paradise. Okay. <laughs> Do you think it's fair to my life? It sounds good. Sounds like a Doctor Who episode. I know it does, and it also like I feel like um, world building isn't really complete, or it it lacks something for me until it sort of com- accommodates for there being art and artists and craft. Ah, uh, you so, see, that's very nice. Yeah, so I was like, okay, this is really interesting. It's an interesting because of world they're, building. They're a very martial society. Yeah, and I was like, world building feels so empty when everything that you see about it is that. So I it's mean, cool to have something about art, even if it's just in the glossary. I do like how the, um, it's a little bit, uh, David Foster Wallace. I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Your life is probably better. Alright. Um, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of the actual interesting worm, bu- worm building. Worm <laughs> 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 building. <laughs> That's what world building is in June is. That's all worm building. building. The good world building in the A, either parenthetical or B, you know, in the glossary. Mm. Um, that's where you get all the good, like, That's where you get all the juicy niblets. I was listening to another podcast mm-hmm. um, called, uh, called The Orville Will Be Cancelled, which is great, by the way. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen out. to Yara Yara Boys. Okay, I will. Thank you. This is okay, the, the episode where we shout out all of the podcasts oh, that we like. We need to do it. Great. Um, but they talk about how the new Star Trek, um, which has... Uh, it's on Netflix at the moment mm-hmm. uh, because it doesn't have any filler episodes or shore leave episodes or anything it's just a little bit um, a bit of a slog yeah. because um, no, you know no Star trips. Trek is supposed to have like a sense of fun, sexy, yeah. everyone is wearing like a crossover robe Yeah, like, like Patrick Stewart you go to the Native the American planet and she can't work out to take off your top episode Oh, I didn't. That's know. That's the only episode of Star Trek I've seen. Oh God, that's really awful. I know. I don't. I didn't even know about that one. Oh, okay. Most Star Trek I've seen is just like a fun, wonderful time. Oh, it was like it's pretty light on the racism. Yeah, it was pretty racist, and also Kirk was like, "We're going to have sex, and you will have my child, and then I will leave." Oh, well, I mean, deep cut. Well, I have to say that you know, the only good thing about the original series, and I maintain this, is um. 
Ay Uhura. Yeah, spot. she's good. Pretty good. Both of Everyone them else, ain't, the next generation is where it's at. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, Patrick Stewart, blowing robes. Let's talk great. about June. Let's talk about June, baby. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, what? Anyway, um, um, users develop deep ruby stains on mouth and lips. So it is the mark of a mentat if someone has bright red lips and teeth. Cool. Sif has uh, red teeth. I love it, though. Uh, I love it. What he's is- old, he's got red teeth. He's leathery. And- and this Leto is, loves him. They really, really, really want to let you know how leathery. Yeah, they really go hard on how he's yeah, old. It is. It's really awful, actually. I don't find it good. No. Um, I find it bad. Mm. Is actually how I find yeah. it. I mean, where I am in the book right now is the interesting bit where the the Fremen man turns up and he's sexy. Okay, let's talk about the Fremen man. Yeah, let's talk about Fremen man. He is amazing. I mean, there is a part of it that sort of plays to this very um, yeah. uh, sci-fi fantasy trope Ooh. of someone from a different tribe whose yeah. customs are different. I know, and everybody's, all the white people are dicks about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they're too proud and haughty for you to ever really trust them. Yeah. And you can't not offend them, and mm. it's all very difficult. Oh, how terrible it must be to have to but, think about other people's customs and traditions and feelings. Oh, how awful. How awful. Oh, gosh. Um, but, uh, okay, so the, the the way that he enters the room... Is good. You get his voice first. It's unbelievable. Mm. So, um, uh, Duncan, Duncan Idaho is talking to uh, the Duke. And he's and sexy and cat-like. Love, love Duncan. I do like it. Yeah, formal complaint against... Not that I don't... And I mean, you know, what's-his-name-is-okay. He's, he's not my favourite. Okay. There was a, a Harkonnen uh, band of mercenaries. They were disguised as Fremen. The Fremen sent uh, the Atreides army people, um, a courier, to warn of the false band. Um, they were, he was caught and badly wounded, um, treated by Atreides medics before he died. And uh, he was trying to uh, cast off his knife into the desert, um, and Duncan Idaho goes and picks it up. Uh, and it's a crisp knife, and it's milky white and glowing, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. Um, and he nearly unsheathes it. He gets to the point of unsheathing the knife. And was like, no! And then Stilgar's voice emanates from, you know, it's so good. Behind his He's many like, veils. Keep that blade in a sheath. It's wonderful. A vibrant and penetrating voice that brought them all up, staring. Yes, queen. Yes, yes, yes queen. Yes. Yes, Stilgar. So he's he's uh, wearing a light tan robe, completely enveloped the man, except for a gap in the hood and a black veil that exposed eyes of total blue. No white in them at all. But he looks cool as shit. But he looks cool as shit. Obviously, it is borrowing heavily from yeah, like. Right? It's just exoticism and it's, like. It's not exoticism that Taking the look of something and making it. Emphasizing its alienness. And, yes, you being know, like white, it to connote. white people are humans. Mm, right. And everyone else is not is quite an there. alien. Yeah, it's um, good. I love it. It's, it's wonderful. Um, um, but I do bet he he looks awesome. He does look very good and cool. Um, and Paul instantly respects him. He's drinking his fr- Fremen respecting juice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. He's logged on. Uh, he's work. He stay, just woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Would you have them defile an honourable weapon? You observe the custom of cleanliness and honour among us. I would permit you to see the blade of the man you befriended, but I do not know these others. Would you have them defile an honourable weapon? You may look at it once. And then I'll kill you. <laughs> um, but, you know, he does go around sort of willy-lilly making these, like, kind of saying these wonderful swashbuckling things. He does. He's great. Um, but he's like... 
Duke later is like, I'm offended and I'm the Duke. Yeah. And but I'm, then the Duke real, is, I'm real important. And the Duke is kind of cool and white about it. Um, yeah, he's, um, you know, he does make a good decision. Yeah, like, the, um, Stilgar spits on the table because that's, like, really respectful to do among because the Fremen is, because he, water is so precious. Yes, he gifts his body's water yeah. to... Uh, Leto did something, like, pretty cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then everybody stood up and they were really mad because they thought it was disrespectful. And then Idaho was like, well, no, 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 wait, wait. No, it's good. It's cool. Calm down. Yeah, so Duncan, Duncan sort of spits on behalf of the Duke, which mm. is nice. Yeah. Well done, Dunks. Yeah. Dunks Your like water is ours. Um, yeah. And like, um, and then because, and then Stilgar permits Duncan to keep the Chris knife, I think. And, um, Stilgar's like, okay, but also your ass now. Your ass. I mean, the person I was picturing for, um, this is gonna sound silly. Um, the person that I was picturing in order to, um, you know, convey just like the massive stillness and sort of the emanating kind of gravity of mm-hmm. Stilgar is, um, Don Cheadle. <laughs> Let me look at his face. <laughs> yeah, I go, yeah. Yeah, I think he has one of those beards, you know those black men beards that go like kind of out, out a little bit. and they're long? Yeah. Yeah, like one I of those. I just imagine him. Yes, ooh, he has a wonderful face. He's got a very, he's like, he just has amazing gravitas and I don't know, like he gets cast a lot in comedies. But, uh, but he's he can, so beautiful. He can just sort of he draw has, all the eyes on the room. To he him, has you know? the gravitas for it. I think. Kind of magnetism. Yeah. It's I mean, it cool. does. It does make sure to say, obviously, because Frank is being Frank, mm. that I still though, I have a thin nose, like okay. which is a dog whistle. Yeah. If you ask it me. Really is. Love that Stilgar. He's got a he's got a, a thin nose and a full lipped mouth, so you know he is ethnic. Mm. And a glistening, a blagger beard. Which good. Just makes you think, oh, he's so moisturized. Well not moisturized, but like I imagine he he does he treats his beard he's, well. He's anointed. He puts some nice oil in it. Yeah. It's good. Um it does the obvious, obvious thing of like he spits and everyone surges to their feet. Yeah. Um, and, and then she's... they unsurge very quickly. Mm-hmm. It, obviously, I, I think there is a whole kind of, there's a thing of, oh, by the way, we're making this very recognisable to you if you've ever read any stories about, like, a court mm-hmm. in, um, you know, medieval or renaissance yeah, times. It's very recognisable. Just, just so, yeah, just so you have a kind of foothold. Yeah. So they agree to kind of observe the, the Fremen rite. Stilgar asks uh, Duncan to kind of be an honorary Fremen, I think that's pretty good. That's like a pretty high honour. Yeah, it's a really high honour. And then he's basically like, okay, you're mine, let's go. Let's go. But uh, it also says, like, I didn't pick this up the first time I read it, but the second time I read it, I definitely was beginning to notice mm. the repeated references to Leot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean, I went to look in the back to see what who Leot was, and there's nothing. So it must be plot. It must be plot, yeah. Which would be really interesting to find out what who that is. Leot serves two masters, blah, blah. I would really like to know who Leah is. Yeah. Let's see if we can so, remember if we wanted to know that by the time that we find out. Well, you know, it's going to be like, it's going to be pretty much, it's going to be pretty obvious. It's going to be pretty obvious. If it is you. plot, he will make sure that we know yeah. that it's well, plot. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, Turok is the name of the, uh, the messenger who died, and I just put the note that it's a Star Trek-ass name. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Uh, they mentioned Kynes, who was fantastic in a later chapter. Sweet. I like him. Kynes. 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 I always thought that he was keen. Stilgar is incredibly like, incredibly like, um, snappy with comeback. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he's like, do I have to? Do I have to stay? And then Duke is like, we would honor you. And he says, honor requires that I be elsewhere soon. And then he whips his headdress bye bye in like a casual gesture and disappears. Boy bye. And he whirled and strode out past yeah, the door. It's good as hell. So good. Um, yeah. Uh, it's extremely good. Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. I... Also, um, we get the first, I think it is either like some kind of local solution to water conservation or it's an actual still suit. And I should probably look up still suits in the back because it is sort of like something that is very iconic from the movies. It's that uh, black suit that Paul wears that has a, a, um, a tube on it that goes to his nostrils. His scuba diving suit. His, his scuba suits. His scuba suit. Uh, in a little while where they talk in detail about how he puts it on and stuff. So I think we should probably talk about it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This fabric is a micro sandwich. Um, I want to be done with this chapter so badly. Okay. So can we talk oh, about the end? Uh, all right then. I want to just mention quickly that um, before, uh, what's his name? There, it is, there is a mention of Canley, which we don't really talk about, but, uh, it's, it's probably fairly um, significant. What I actually wanted to talk about was um, Gurney Halleck says, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Um, and then Paul's like, that's from the OC Bible. Um, but it's actually from the Bible Bible. Yeah. Well, it, the, I, the OC Bible is like a, a descendant of the Bible Bible, I know. right? And it's, but it's specifically from the King James Bible. The, the, the phrase stranger in a strange land mm. doesn't appear in any of the other Bible um uh, interpretations. That's interesting. That's good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, it's from Exodus, so chapter 2, verse 22. Is that? What's interesting about the King James Bible? It's written by King James, and it's supposed to be um, sort of the first incarnation of, um, as, along with Shakespeare, sort of modernish English, uh, where sort of like, and we keep lots of modern usage from the King James Bible to mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like, for example, and it just sort of is a useful marker to show, you know, Chaucer being the last kind of big touchstone of, like, Middle middle English Chaucer. Mm-hmm. And then after Chaucer, there's lots of other stuff, blah blah blah, blah whatever, whatever. And then the next big thing, to show you how in- the English language has moved on, is the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. That's my very untutored understanding of no, what the King cool, James yeah. Bible is. That's good. Um, and it has lots of, you know, lots of really famous, beautiful um, quotations. This one is one of them. Mm. Um, also, Stranger in a Strange Land is a, uh, a seminal piece of sci-fi. Oh. Uh, also written, I think, just slightly before this. Yeah. So it's, it's Frank making references, I guess. Frank is making references. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, I love the fact that, you know, with the OC Bible, you do get this um, unbelievably extended sense of continuity mm. of culture and practices. Yeah, and then at the end of this chapter, um, the Duke tries to tuck his son into bed on some chairs, and he's like, "No, I'm not very tired, sir." Actually, thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. He tries, like, you know, why don't you pull a few of these chairs together and stretch out on them some rest? He has a bedroom, and it's presumably down the hall. His bedroom? No, he went to a whole different. Good chapter. Everyone yeah, just sort of, you know, right. storms out of the room dramatically. Well, they kind of amble out in confusion and, like, disappointment. The Duke is like, shit to do! And then he just, like, turns and strides out of the room, mm. um, nodding shortly to the door guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, about the, the next chapter that we were going to talk about, uh-huh. I don't really have any energy left. Um, on that first day when Muad'Dib rode the streets of Arakeen with his family, some of the people along the way recalled the legends and the prophecy and they ventured to shout Mahdi. Mahdi! Which has like a sort of superficial resemblance to Mahdi, mm. right? Similar, yeah. 
I mean, when I listened to the audiobook and that book was read out, I thought it was more deep. Okay. Yeah. But their shout was more a question than a statement, for as yet they could only hope that he was the one foretold as the Lizan al Gaib, the voice from the outer world. So he gets another name, which is great. Yeah. Thank you. I looked up Lizan al Gaib, but it just means the voice from the outer world. Just in Arabic, right? Yes. <laughs> um, like, okay. Or some kind of, I don't know, like, yeah, Arabic. Right. Space Arabic. Space Arabic. It's from space, and therefore <laughs> it doesn't need to be accurate. Their attention was focused too on the mother because they had heard she was a Bene Gesserit, and it was obvious to them that she was like the other Lisan al Gaib from Manuel of, Manuel of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. I love how Muad'Dib has a manual. Yeah, like. So that you too can learn to be in Muad'Dib. Learn the secrets of Muad'Dib from Princess Irulan. Only yes. 1999 space dollars. Learn how to do the Muad'Dib, the dance, the Muad'Dib. To go back now, y'all. Two hops this time. Dun, 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 dun. It's called the Muadi when it goes like this. Do be do be do be do be do be do 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 do. Yeah, like that. Like that. Okay, actually, I do have one thing to say about this chapter. Is the fucking so suspense chairs, a hover chairs, right? I imagine so. Dumb as hell. Stupid. It's space, and therefore the chairs they hover. Hovering chairs. Hovering chairs. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Ray, do you want to give us a uh, oh, summary? I do have. It's to about that. a four-page chapter. I know. So it's very right. short. You had a much harder job than me. Thank okay. you. I did. Delta smelt. <laughs> boops. Boop, boops. Sweet lip emperor. Oh yes. Oh my yes. Beautiful um, my my beautiful baron. You wahoo. Post a fish name. Can you please retweet it to oh, the I'm June? Have to flipping log on to, I'll log on to the university Twitter. I'll read the summary while you. I'll say the summary while you log say on. Say the summary to retweet these fish. So retweet those beautiful fish. Mm. So the Duke uh, goes off to find the Sufir to have a secret conversation, um, and Sufir is really tense and seems really uncomfortable. So the Duke is like trying to reassure him and say that he trusts him and tell him about you know things they found about traces and stuff. And Thufir brings up a note that has been intercepted from the Harkonnens to their sort of one of their like uh, head spies that's about how someone um, very close to the Duke among the Atreides household or one of the generals is um, going to betray him and that it will be difficult for him coming so close and that's how they'll defeat him. And the Duke is sort of, you know, they immediately leap to it being Jessica, which is what the Baron outlined that he wanted them to do in chapter two. Um, and the Duke is like, no, 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 no. He gets very angry. Um, and the is like, well, what if though? What if? And, you know, he's, he, he feels really bad about, um, telling the Duke something like this because it's so, because it's so, he knows how much it'll hurt him. And then the Duke kind of does this, this, or a double cross where he's like, okay, I have to let Thufir believe that I believe him, and I have to let Jessica believe that I believe Thufir, but I don't believe Thufir, I still believe in Jessica. I have to hold, I have to keep appearances that I am suspecting Jessica so that the Harkonnens don't know that I know what they're doing. Um, ah, it's the double, ah, double, triple, yes. triple cross. Thinking, thinking face emoji. Um, <laughs> It's like the um the gif of the guy who just taps his yes. forehead just very knowingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's sort of what their conversation is about. Um and 
it's it's really sad for Jessica, and I can tell that the following chapters where this is the dynamic are going to be really sad for Jessica because, like, obviously, you know, she'll suspect that there's something going on, but she won't know the the full extent of it. So it's you know it's going to be sad because they miss- do really care for each other. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, the end of the chapter. Later looks out at the planet and he looks at the sunrise and it's really, it's very beautiful and there's a really beautiful description of it as well, mm. which, uh. Oh, the, the description is the best. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's one of the most best good pieces it's of writing. It's a good piece of writing, yeah. I was like, I was quite surprised so that it was really good and it starts and from some, like, I mean, some of it's bananas, obviously. Um, and then, you know, he looks at this, this, he looks at it and he has hope and he thinks it's going to be, you know, he feels sort of warmed by the beauty of this place. And then he sees the dew gatherers who are sort of harvesting the dew from the flowers that grow on Arrakis. And then he thinks about, you know, how savage it is. Well, savage is a word that I don't like to use because it has connotations of like, you know, primitive form. I mean, yeah, nature red in tooth and claw, though. Is yeah, sort of yeah, well. that's what it's I mean. It's a hostile environment. Yeah, it's such a hostile environment that like, Anything, anything that is beautiful has to be destroyed in order for survival to happen. Mm. And then I was thinking, because when I was reading this earlier, I was thinking about how, um, I was thinking that like, it's probably really new to Leto that like, in order for people to survive and live well, beautiful things have to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, that is new to him, but because of his, his position and because of his class, he's been sort of shielded by that fact because that's what capitalism like is, you know, you have to destroy or exploit or hurt, eradicate something in order to continue to live in the way that you are living. You know, Leto is sort of part of that naturally as a leader in this particular system. So he sort of comes face to face with that fact of how things are in that moment of looking out at Arrakis, which That's I thought was really interesting. good analysis. Do you want to read it, or shall I read it? Um, you can read it. I've just done some talking, so... now Josie do talking, if no, you Jesse want. Now Josie do talking. Josie do talking. Josie's turn. Josie's turn to do talking. Applause, applause. Applause, applause. Josie do talking. I mean, well, I'll do the selected quotes, because it does say one thing that's really weird, and I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I just... I was reading it, and I just changed the word in my head to right. spot... No. I was like, yep, spots. That's what it means. I mean, I think he means it in the sense of a glowing ember. Oh, okay. But that also, you know, makes you feel bad. Anyway. Yeah. The inference. We won't, we won't talk about, we won't say that. We won't say that word. Uh, if you, if you want to know, use your imagination. If you want to know, read all of June. <laughs> <laughs> there came the long bell tolling movement of dawn striking across a broken horizon. Beautiful. It was a scene of such beauty it caught all his attention. He had never imagined anything here could be as beautiful as that shattered red horizon and the purple and ochre cliffs beyond landing field where the night's faint dew had touched the, touched life into the hurried seeds of Arrakis. He saw great puddles of red blooms and running through them an articulate tread of violet like giant footsteps. So beautiful. Good. Like, really good. Unbelievably good. So Such lovely. Such an interesting use of language. I know. And yet his poetry sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... Be more in this space, be less in the space of why going to... Why can't your whole book be like this? Then he saw the human figures moving into the flower fields, sweeping them with strange scythe-like devices. Scythe? Scythe-like devices. Water so precious here that even the dew must be collected. And then also the sign-off is, like, really great, because it has two bits of internal monologue from... Uh, 
the Duke, and it's sort of interspersed with these um, observations of the beauty and then also of the um, tooth and clawness mm. of the atmosphere. Perhaps this planet could grow on one. Perhaps it could be a good home for my son. And then he says, you know, after the description of the water gatherers, mm-hmm. and it could be a hideous place. Mm. Good, right? It sort of gives you. I mean, if I were, if I were a person who felt things, you know, I could potentially have the chills from that. Yeah. It's a good chapter ending. It's a really good chapter ending. I really like it. Yeah. Um, also, the the only other thing I have to say about this chapter is that um, Howard looks looking at Leto thinks this is how I like him best. This is the man of honor who deserves every bit of my loyalty and service. Why must I hurt him? Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. He loves him. I mean, I don't know if it's as like a dad figure more than as a. Well, do you think of later as a dad? No, 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 the other way around. Oh, sorry, I was going to say it. No. No, well, I mean, because his dad, by all accounts, is not very nice. Yeah, and like, Fufa is older than his dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked how, um, so there is a little sort of this kind of a recurring um, uh, motif of the motif that um, uh, Duke Leto wears on him of the eagle. He does talk about being like an eagle, um, and also the H of the the Harkon and H has been removed from the uh, wall in the room. Mm. Um, there's a bit later where Leto is sort of feeling the um, a hawk emblem on his tunic, tunic sort of unconsciously. Yeah, and, and he's think, like, and he's, "I'm a hawk. I've got to be like a hawk." Among birds that are not hawks, I'm a hawk. I have to be a hawk, even though the, the <laughs> he also does a really great insult to um, the Harkonnens. He says they are dung heaps with village provost minds. <laughs> and I was like, kind of classist, but also very good. What is a village provost? I don't know. <laughs> I must rule with tooth and eye and claw as the hawk among the Like birds. a hawk. That's his persona. <laughs> what do you think Paul's persona is? Letters is a hawk. Paul's persona is F- like a fucking like a one of those little fragile deer. I think they're called dick dicks or something. <laughs> they're tiny. Yeah, they they're really small legs. and they have big eyes. That's the most powerful persona there is. Do they have like powerful black hair like Paul? I don't know. Oh, but they are. They're 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 a persona with an incredible power. Because they're so... They're so something. If I Google them, <laughs> you may they explain. Are, they're extremely bad. Yes. <clears throat> like, if this is someone's persona, there's immediately they, something very intensely powerful about they them. They have an, just an immediate sense of self. Yes. Like, a powerful sense. Like, of oh, own. I know who it's you an are an and you're deer. doing it the most. It's an anime dear. Yes, Paul's persona. I was talking to someone who I do love and respect deeply, mm-hmm. but I had to be like, "This is the worst thing you ever said." When I, if I, because I, I asked him just of like, mm-hmm. if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Mm-hmm. He said, "The non-furry way of asking what your persona is." Uh, so he, he said, uh, he his, he thought about it, and then he said, just with a straight face, a panther. <laughs> Nobody a panther. Nobody a panther, my dude. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, no, you are not. Who was this? And he's like... Was it one of the spindly men? He's a spindly man. Oh, dear. He's like, you're not graceful. No, you're You're not not one of those. No, yourself. No, you're a stoat. 
You're a stoat. You're a stoat, you little I man. I know exactly what you are. You're a stoat. <laughs> no bad thing to be, but it's what you are. Yep. I've never met anyone as much of a stoat as you are. <laughs> I was thinking about how I wanted to write fan fiction. Um, that was like maybe about like Gurney and Little or something. Um, and then it reminded me of, but it made me think about, um, somebody on Tumblr who's the, the thing I'll find eventually was thinking about, um, what if you wrote one day fan fiction in the style of the person, like Lemis fan fiction in the style of the person Victor who Hugo. wrote, <laughs> yeah, the style of Victor Hugo. And it's so funny. So this person is called Calamity's Dash Child on Tumblr. Uh-huh. And it says, what time is it? inquired Enjolas. Finding himself ignorant of the answer, <laughs> Grantaire reached into a pocket of his jeans and withdrew his phone, <laughs> an Apple iPhone, so called in the manner of the bulky computers which were its predecessors, and which were forced over time to become even sm- ever smaller and more compact, driven by human ingenuity. According to some parties, and capitalist greed according to others, some, typically those with more wealth in their pockets than their minds, would cry hypocrisy at a revolutionary carrying that symbol of the very structure he claims to oppose, that tainted apple, that original sin. Certainly, it seemed as such. Even when one is wholly morally opposed to the society in which he lives, it is an unfortunate truth that he still must live in it. Half past two, he replied. wonder what that would be like if we wrote June fanfiction in the style of June. You would have to have a glossary. <laughs> a fanfiction glossary. Um, I do I do think that um, that tainted apple comma that original sin is still very fanfic. <laughs> if you ask me. And it really is. Pounded in the cool heart by worms. <laughs> by my own cool heart. <laughs> in the cool heart by my own cool heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's an episode title. <laughs> I do. I do think that I am not my best self when there's no Jessica. Yeah, she's really good. Bring back Jessica. Bring Jessica back. We love her. Where's Jessica? Hashtag Where's Jessica? Where Get is it she? trending, everybody. Get it trending. Where's Jessica? Um, Gurney just goes around quoting, and then Duke is like, "Someday I'll catch that man without quotation, and he'll look undressed." Yeah, yeah. he loves him. I. Uh, I mean, you know. I, it, the Duke does a lot of politicking and makes sort of gives a lot of orders to people. Mm, it's um, not interesting to me. Okay, that's fine. You're allowed not to be interested. I'm we can circle back. Okay. And another day. Mm-hmm. Do we have to? He's like, you know, just destroy the stockpiles of spice, mm-hmm. but only only the Harkonnen only ones. Only the Harkonnen ones. And the Emperor will laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and make it legal and all that jazz. He is mm. like a he's Im- he shows himself to be impetuous and tricksy and crafty and yeah. like not all the way. But Paul is like similarly petty. Yeah, he's petty. Everyone's a little bitch in Dune. Yes, I yes. mean, I am. I was impressed by Lota because he does manage to not make a disgrace to himself with the Fremen, mm, which is good. I'm proud of him for doing that. Yeah, at I least that. when I was listening to the audio, like, oh no, he's gonna fuck this up. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> The, the thing I found it, but I'd actually found something else. Oh. Oh no, please don't turn off. Oh. Computer. Please. Don't computer. Off. Computer, please. Computer. Computer. Please. Everyone. Okay, there we go. Prayer for the computer. Yeah. Um, thank you, computer. Um, I do like how Leto says um, to Fufir, what is it that was too hot to dump in front of the full conference? Like, oh, oh okay. Gross. And I like how um, they do come back to find that Paul is asleep. 
on yeah, the table. Yeah, and it's very cute. It's very cute. He's baby. He's a little 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 baby. So he's asleep on the table with a guard's robe thrown over him and a ditty pack pillow. And the Duke is like, he is my child. No, he's not, but he's ex- ex- extremely not. He is my my boy. He's my boy. I've run out of things to say about this. Yep, me too. Do you have one of the week? They call me Dr. Worm. Uh, okay, I mean, having done my usual thing, my usual very understanding. Be Google Worm. Googling the word worm. Um, actually, this time I googled the words worm news. Great. To see if there was anything new about worms that had been um, in unearthed. Winkety walk unearthed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, recently. And uh, so there's this thing and there's something else. The two great um, uh, headlines about recent worm discoveries. Mm-hmm. 500 million year old worm superhighway discovered <laughs> in Canada. Good, thank you. Good. The photos are extremely terrifying. Terrifying. Very scary. Very bad. Um, and uh, another one is um, ancient sea worm eats, poops, and leaves behind evidence of Cambrian biodiversity. Okay. <laughs> thank you, ancient sea worm, for all your hard work. Yep. Um, just ancient sea worm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did think, think that that sort of felt quite dune-like on a, mm. you know, whole planet type of level. Cool. Um, we have big worms in real life. Some, yes, and we cannot lie. But uh, yes, let me just read you some, some selected quotations. Um, the worm yes. tunnels, burrows where worms lived and munched through the sediment, are invisible to the naked eye, but Pratt had a hunch and sliced the rocks and scanned them to see whether they revealed signs of life. Pratt said he was surprised by the unexpected discovery. <laughs> Isn't that good? Um, Serendipity is a common aspect to my kind of research, Platt said. I found these unusual rocks quite by accident all those years ago. On a hunch, I prepared a bunch of samples, and when I enhanced the images, I was genuinely surprised by what I found. This has a lot of implications which will now need to be investigated, not just in Cambrian shales, but in younger rocks as well. People should try the same technique to see if it reveals signs of life in their samples. End of articles. And that is from um, fizz.org slash news. Cool. For news about physics. Otherwise, I mean, if I had not Googled worm news, I would not have found it. Thank you. Thank you. Worm. Worm news. So that's my worm of the week. Mm-hmm. How about you? My worm of the week is using the word worm as an insult. Oh. Um, uh, just Googling worm as an insult uh, uncovers some very interesting and fun results. Um, it says here on colinstitchroom.com, if you call a person a worm, you're insulting them by saying that they have a very weak or unpleasant character and you have no respect for them. <laughs> <laughs> but it has sort of like a personal like tinge to it. <laughs> no. And then um, a word reference... Uh, says, so, word, wordreference.com, forum.wordreference.com says, calling someone a worm is an insult, meaning that they are the lowest of the low, fit only to crawl on their belly at the foot of their betters. Oh. <laughs> Having no spine in the manner of a worm simply means cowardly. <laughs> that one sounds a bit sort of like, um, 
sexual. Yeah. Like a bit kink based. <laughs> well, I was going to say I think it's incredibly powerful to call people that you don't like worms worm. and to refer to people as worms and just like I remember seeing a tweet that was like please don't call me a worm and hang up on me again. <laughs> I just think it's a very good power move to call someone a worm and then Incredibly it's, powerful. It's great, and I really like it, and I respect it. I respect it. Great. Can I read you some other um, worm headlines? If you must. <laughs> Saying goodbye to the guinea worm, the worms that changed the world, new species of ancient, in quotations, worm discovered in fossil hotspot, hotspot. and my favourite, half a billion year old weird wonder worm finally gets its place in the tree of life. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Declare that day a natural, natural, national holiday. Natural, national holiday. A supernatural holiday. A supernatural, national holiday. Worms. Do we want to answer any questions? Yeah, I put a call out on Twitter for questions, and I got some questions. Um, I'm going to retweet it on main, just in case people want to ask me more things or have more things to say. Um, please, please, please ask me some questions. But let's let's take them one by one. Okay, so let me look at mentions to see what questions people have asked us. My mentions. Um, mentions. My mentions. My mentions. Uh, my good friend Elijah Bees. I'm the unstoppable bastard melon. <laughs> Wait, does it say melon? Yes, I'm the unstoppable bastard melon now. At absolutely bees on Twitter dot com. Us. What did June smell like? Jersey, um, what did June smell like? That's an interesting question. That was like a sort of Billy on the Street question. But it offers you one dollar to tell you what June smells what like. What did June smell like? Um, June smell like sand. June, because I think June smell faintly of cinnamon and also like musty book. Spice. Spice. And the spice will flow. The, spi- the spice will flow. I'm smelling my copy of June. Mm-hmm. What does it smell like? It smells of book. Oh. It smells of normal book. Okay. It does have mysterious stains on it, but I think those are from me. Look. Did you bleed on it? I think I bled on it. Oh. Here you go, Eli. June smell like book and blood. <laughs> I mean, sand is very un- unreactive, right? So You're would no welcome. Have, would have no reason to it smell It smells like rocks and it smells dry of and with warm. With a hint of spicy worm. Yeah, spicy worm. Uh, a spicy hint of worm. The turbulent sea at J-M-Y-A capital L-E-S. What? Jam Yells, maybe? Okay. Jam Uh huh. Something like that. Says, how long until the worms, uh, W-Y-R-M-S, evolve to overcome their oppressors? Um, I really am just waiting for the time when the worms, they come out of the dunes. I wish. And they eat everybody. I wish they would decimate us all and begin anew. I wish they would. Yes. Pray for the coming of the worm. Please, worms. Please, worms. Please, please, please. please. Unleash a reckoning unto us. Yeah. Punish us for our sins and absolutely eradicate the human race. Thank you. Thank you. Alice Cairo, who is very kind to me and very nice and I like her, and also has a podcast, I believe. Does Alice Cairo do Sailor Sundays? I think she does. Yeah. I think she does Sailor Sundays. But she's very cool and I like her. Um, She says, how do you manage to keep track of anything that's happening in June? We don't. (laughs) <laughs> I have completely forgotten all the things that have happened. What's happened? I don't know. I listen to the podcast to remind myself what happened. Uh, and it's not a very good reminder. It's to really be bad. We do a bad job. We do a bad job. Thank you, Alice, but we don't know. Um, and are the vigils for They Might Be Giants, Dr. Worm, improve if you replace the worm with the worm? Call me Dr. Worm. worm. I guess 
Vams sometimes do have like arms, so they can play the drums. Yes, because they're they're limbless serpents. So if you're yeah. a worm, you can't play the drums. Yes, unless you play the drums with your tail. Yes. If you're I a slow worm, slow worms sometimes have like two front legs. Uh, yes. Yes. Quite know what this question means, but secondly, maybe. What are the visuals of TMBG's Doctor Worm? Um, it's a cute, like, very nineties-looking video of um, like these cool, uh, like, like cool young band, Aww. and then it's got like a, an animated oh, Doctor Worm. That's so cute. Let me show you. Yeah, I'd like to see. Fuck you, YouTuber. Fuck YouTube. Look. Oh. And he's a doctor. Well, he's he like is a, a doctor. He has a stethoscope like on. He's a surgeon. Oh. And he just this pops up. This is so up. cute. From um. He's in the he's in the lamppost. He's so cute. He's interested in things. Aww. And the band people, they all leave him. He's green. I like him. This is so cute. <gasps> He's got some drums. Oh my god. Aww. This is so 90s. This is very in Canada as well. I feel like it's very Canada or Northern United States. It's very cold. I'm getting better at the drums. He's digging with his head. head. <laughs> Not his arms, the yes. Telescope. Oh, he's digging with his drumsticks. He's in someone's pocket. <laughs> and the guy freaks out. He's like, I don't enjoy this worm that's in me. And then he starts to dance. He doesn't enjoy the worm that's in him. He should consider it a compliment. Into it, I can't do are you gonna, you. How are you going to put this in the podcast? I don't know. Just fade it out and then we'll answer some more questions. It's going to sound bananas. Right, please, I want to see him twirl the stick. Okay. <laughs> 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 this is so cute. He has His kadar has two frets. Yeah, baby. Aww. Is that a mole or a rat? Yeah, and he's playing the solo. I think it's a rat. <laughs> he really wants to be in the band. He really does. Okay, can we answer different questions now? Okay, so Kavita, who is very cool. Hey Kavita, come on the pod. Hey Kavi. Yeah. Well, she said that she would find sometimes. So that would be nice. Yeah. Um, she's really cool. She says, "How are your days? I hope you're doing well." Firstly, that's nice. How's your day? It's fine. You made a you made a compote. I made a compote, a rhubarb compote. What's in your compote? Uh, other than rhubarb. Ginger. Yes. Rhubarb. Yes. Orange. Yes. Peel. Mm-hmm. Or um, you know, just general. Yum yum. Uh, aroma. Did you eat the rest of the orange? Uh, I squeezed the orange juice into Ooh, it as well. yummy. And I'm going to have it with yogurt and granola at work. Delicious. Yum okay. yum. Very yes. good. I like it. I eat so much yogurt. It's supernatural. Anyway, how is your day? My... Not Ray. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I guess I won't answer that. <laughs> my day was good because Elle... My... <laughs> the scarf that Elle made me arrived and it's very good and soft and nice and I like it and I'm pleased. And... Z wrote me a letter. It had an Emily Dickinson poem in it, which I really liked. Have lots of M dashes in it. You know, I didn't have any. Oh. It was good though. It was very, it was nice. Um, and that was really nice. And I had some interactions with friends that were good. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go to work, and I liked that part. Nice. And we had brunch with our family. With our family. And I ate Josie's delicious scones that she made. I made some they were scones. very nice. She made some scones. I made scones. <laughs> It was delicious, very good. And Kavi Co- has a second question, which is, if you had to rewrite Paul Atreides' character, what changes would each of you make? Um, I would make him a girl, 
and I would make him more fallible. I just want him to be a bit more normal. Yeah, I would like that. A bit more, you know, relatable. Yeah. Hashtag relatable. Hashtag relatable. And less like sort of uh, self inserty. And I would want I would want him to be brown. Mm, I like that. And I would like him to be less perfect. Yeah. And I would like him to maybe have uh, feelings and thoughts. Yeah, like emotions and opinions. Yes. That aren't just him being aren't just the about... perfect plot item. Yes, it's sort of like conduit to plot. Yeah. I think I think I would like Paul... I'd like some like personal insight into Paul and his interests and feelings and stuff, like you said. Because we have no real Paul yeah. history. I'd like we? him to feel like a bit more of a character with a bit more of an eternal life. And see an eternal life. Internal life and see the impact that his like his upbringing has had on him a bit more. Him talk about it to someone maybe rather than just being like Mr. Perfect. Because his upbringing must have been so strange. I know. It must have been really sad as well because he's been like really alone. The loneliest boy and in raised town. by people who are much older than him. So you could say the fact that he talks so little about what things are like for him and that he shows so little of that could just mean like but he hasn't been able to talk about that before because he's always been around adults and he's had to prove himself as an equal to them in order to interact with them. But I would really like a more humanised Paul, a canonically gay Paul, a Paul who is mixed race, gay Paul. Um, a Paul who, like, makes mistakes and has a bit more empathy and, like, it's sort of... Just, it's a bit perfect boy. Maybe a bit of a dimbus in a way that is intentional and kind of appealing. Yeah. Although I do I do enjoy Paul. I like I, Paul. I enjoy Paul as Paul is, but I don't think Paul is... A, He's know, not a good character. A great character. No, no not, not a good character. Um, but when you consider, like, another fairly bland protagonist, like, um, I mean, not that this is... Not that it has any equivalency whatsoever, but, um, Frodo Baggins. <laughs> Thinking about Frodo Baggins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frodo Baggins is in no way the interesting part of yeah, right? the Rings. Like every other character is. Frodo Baggins is like a vehicle for the other characters. He's a vehicle for plot. Yeah. Like the only reason that, that Frodo progresses Sam, uh... forward is because he is literally either walking on his own feet or with Sam's feet. Yeah. You know, forwards yeah. in, uh, in geography. And he's sort of like a vaguely blank character. Like if you were to describe Frodo's character, what would you say? Like a, him have ring. Him have ring. <laughs> so it was like. What kind of, of person is Frodo? Sort Baggins? of sad, sort of tired. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a bit fey, I guess. Frodo Baggins also canonically gay. He is. So is Bilbo. Bilbo is at least a chaotic nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> at least he did that right. <laughs> He's a total idiot. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, he's not a total idiot, but he's, um. At least he has a bit of a, you he know. He has a little bit of grit. Yeah, he does. Of... And a little bit of, like, silliness, or a little bit of, like, characterizing incorrectness that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Frodo's only reaction to anything is. It's like, oh! Okay, alright. Oh! Yeah. Frodo's sort of never morally wrong. So Which I find a bit boring. But he only makes one choice, you know? And that is, like, right at the very beginning yeah. of the book. Yeah. In order to just shoehorn one not apropos classical reference in. Mm-hmm. There is so much dad and son stuff that um, I was thinking a bit about um, Odysseus and Telemachus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Odysseus is, like, very great and capable and good and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And Telemachus is kind of like Odysseus. But he doesn't really have it. Yeah, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. And Odysseus has it. He has it. I mean, the the way that the book wants to think us to think is that 
you know, the, in the beginning quotation a couple of chapters ago, is that the, the, the father is overshadowed a zillion times over by the son. But in terms of being a... This is, this is not apropos whatsoever. This doesn't make any sense. Leave this bit out, Ray. Okay. Also, I want to say, I want to shout out to, um, oh God, what are they? <laughs> what do they go by? Uh, June Read Through at June Read, who added us just to, you know, give us a little shout out and say they, they liked our podcast. Aww. Um, it was nice of them. At June Read, thank, at June Read, thank, thank you. Thank you, at June Read. Uh, they just said thank you for the retweets and the likes, and they enjoyed our episodes. They're tweeting, they're tweeting through June, like sentence by sentence. Um, and I think it's a race to see who wins. <laughs> but more us. Whether someone tweeting one sentence at a time is gonna get. Yeah, yeah. I like how they also um, uh, hashtag with people and things referenced in the quotation. I, I mean, at the moment they're still in um, the first chapter or second chapter. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, so we'll probably win. We've got, but, we've you got know a what? little head start on them. We have. So maybe it's not fair to race, but, but they're doing a good job, and I support them. But yeah, no. What a what a good time this yes. was. We don't have any emails, listeners. Listeners. Email us. Oh, there's a there's a new pod. A new pod from the export audio called Women Loving Wednesdays. Um it's about where they sit down and they talk about stuff that they like. And they in this episode they talk about weed, which is appropriate because it's it's weed day. Happy weed day. So the fact so the women is the um Nora and us. <laughs> uh, it's Nora and Erica. Yeah. I mean Erica's cool. Yeah, cool. Hi, Erica. From across the podcast. I think that is, like, unbelievably... It's, it's lazy in a way I respect. It, I do respect it very much. I feel like we maybe are done with the podcast. I think we're done with the podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. You can put that in the bin now. Yes, yeah, it goes in the bin. You can find us on Twitter at university at twitter.com. Please email us. Please email us at university um, at university at gmail.com. Um, find me at frizzoid at twitter.com, I guess, if you want to. Um, Josie is not on the internet and you may not find her. You cannot find me. Um, I dare you to find me. <laughs> um, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, you're the spice or the worm? Oh, I am. Today, I am the spice, baby. Okay, I am the worm and I belong in the ground. Nice. Nice. Goodbye. I'm a member of the Juju Nation down in New 